We are underway. From Rainbow Bay to Rainbow Beach to the Switch and everything in between. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. You're a funny guy. So have fun now. Your new local. You're going to love this place. It's the Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo. Triple M's Rush Hour with Liesl Jones, Liam and Dobbo. We are back for a brand new week. No Liesl Jones today. Uh, she will be away for today, but will rejoin us uh, throughout the week. So... Dobbo and I, you know, we it's like a tripod if you took a leg away. We can't survive in studio without a third person. So 100%. we bring in uh, we bring in our man. Producer Con. Oh, oh hang on. You gotta turn Go your again, microphone mate. on, Con. Hello, too. I mean it's, you, it's a simple thing, mate. Can you I... come in the studio, you turn your microphone. <laughs> Quickly, on. did you get selected before you get into it? I just need to know, we should have asked you this. Did you, you were Bidding for selection for your cricket team. Did you get Bidding. the call up? <laughs> Makes it sound like no, he's trying to I, I didn't get the call up for the Cooperu C4 team, uh, but I did go along. You, went, I went along to watch. Have you been proper dropped by this team? He has been dropped out of this side, and so he has to wait if there's any dropouts before he gets selected, which I feel sorry for you. I can't believe you'd attend. I, you know. It was awesome. I went and drank... Beers and just watch it, which isn't too dissimilar. So, if I was playing, yeah. I just didn't have to go on and bat for two minutes. Will they give you a call up? <laughs> well, do you think you're? Yeah, a yeah. No, yeah. They, they said next time bring my kit and then I can do a, <laughs> uh, a substitute <laughs> field. No, you can't. Con, Don't do con, that, Con. con. You what? can't Why do not? this, Con. Con, seriously, you got to like, find a new club. You like mate. this club's mistress? You're the yeah. piece on the side that <laughs> they don't, don't like really care club. about. You don't, don't like? Oh no, no they're good people. No, well, mate, they don't treat you well. Like I mean, seriously, they're taking the piss. They do. It's it's reflects my play pretty fairly, yeah, I think. Uh, admittedly, he took as many catches on the weekend sitting there drinking as he did last time he played. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Hey, you've got a story for us. Just yeah. kick off the show today. So uh, uh, Brisbane River Stage fans have been left fuming after a headline act cancelled. Do you know who it was? Uh. Mr. Bombastic himself, Shaggy. Uh. Shaggy. What do we... <laughs> Furious fans who paid more than $200 to attend the Brisbane leg of a two-day national reggae festival were fuming after delays and a curfew meant Shaggy didn't turn up. I, I can understand why. Was it Shaggy even in? Did I don't he even, know. I did don't he even understand. arrive? I mean, they're saying curfew, but let's just get, was Shaggy even in Queensland? Did he turn up at all? I have no Was idea. he excited? Because it feels like a very lame, oh, curfew, sorry, we've run over time, no Shaggy. Um, I can understand why people would be upset. I, I, I can't understand why people would pay two hundred dollars to watch oh, Shaggy. Where, where, where like was him. he? Where was he uh, meant to be performing at River Stage? River Stage. And which yeah. day was this on? Uh, this was on, I think. I'm just having a look because I've just jumped on Shaggy's Instagram page. I'm just trying to locate Shaggy. Saturday night. It was. He does appear to be performing. Uh, I can't. You know, he's on stage somewhere. And what it was the curfew thing? Yeah, they're saying that the the whole event ran pretty badly. Too too relaxed backstage, I think. Uh, it's a reggae festival. Yeah. <laughs> it's a reggae and, festival. Uh, of course, we know the River Stage. The curfew's pretty tight. What ten p.m. Oh, it's a ten p.m. Ten p.m. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, right. I um doesn't stop party boats going down the no. river after that. No. Do you know what you know what Shaggy's said when they accused him though? Don't you? What? Wasn't me. <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, oh, don't give me that look Bring back Lisa yeah, <laughs> I think you're right We need to start with the story uh, A tragic, tragic story that un- uh, un- occurred over the weekend yep. In your neck of the woods at Red Bank Plains Yeah, it happened on Saturday night A grandmother taking her, her, her daughter 
her granddaughter to the shops uh, where she was murdered. Uh, we have Rosie O'Brien from the newsroom joining us. What's Hello, the fellas. latest, mate? Yeah, so just in the last hour or so, we've had two more male juveniles uh, taken into custody. So they've been arrested uh, under questioning. Mm. Uh, who knows what will happen from there, but that makes three. So we've now got three young boys uh, in custody, a 15-year-old facing court today. Uh, unsure of that outcome at this stage, but um, yeah, all arrested in relation to the alleged carjacking, which which has then turned into a, a fatal stabbing in front of a, a tiny little child. And police are still seeking further assistance from anybody that may have seen anything? Yes. Okay. So they do believe there is a fourth person uh, there at large, but they understand, I understand, that they know who that person is. Yeah, and okay. basically the police uh, commissioner, Katarina Carroll, has said, we're after you. We've got 40 detectives on the case. Like, you, you can't run. Okay. We're going to find you. All right. Rosie O'Brien from the Triple M Newsroom. Thank you for the latest. No Welcome. doubt if anything breaks with in the show, you'll give us more. Absolutely. Stay tuned. I've got to talk about this, and I mean this. I'm absolutely horrified. It was in Red Bank Plains, which is part of Ipswich. Um, It's a suburb of Ipswich. I live in Ipswich. Um, The sergeant who is in charge of it at the moment, Sergeant Heath McQueen, he's from Ipswich. His family resides there. He knows the place well. My family have a business in that plaza. I drop off Ella, my daughter with with Kylie, her mum, just up the road from there. I know the place really well. A 70-year-old grandmother takes their granddaughter to the shops and gets jumped and murdered over a Hyundai guest car for a carjacking. Enough is enough. People are unsafe. People feel unsafe to go out now. This is where it's got to. And it's not just this is a tragedy. It happened. has happened in Red Bank Plains. But it is happening all across the state. I know we've talked about it so many times here. I just implore the government because the police, they're undermanned. They are working so bloody hard. There's not enough of them. Something has to change. Something has to change. This is a horrible, horrible... I hate starting the show like this. I hate starting the week like this. But a grandmother, 70... I resonated. It could have been my mum. It could have been my mother. She's 70... She takes my my daughter out, Ella, all the time, and she gets, you know. The truly scary thing about this is, and you're right, Dobbo, this is happening all over the southeast. Nowhere is immune to this. No. The terrifying part for me as a parent as well, and my parents, that my kids' grandparents are 70 years of age. Yep. The, the, the thing that I think hits home particularly about this is this is happening at 6 p.m. Mate. This is this has occurred at 10 past 6 on a Saturday. This is not the idea that you, you stay inside at night and you avoid dark streets. This is broad it, daylight. It's a shopping centre that is so well known. It is so well known. And they're calling it Ipswich. It's Red Bank Plains. It's part of Ipswich. I get it. I get why people now are so scared. I, I absolutely, because this has rocked me. Yeah. It's rocked the community. And may that family, I am so sorry for that family, but things have to change. I mean, thoughts are with the family um, and and obviously the all we can hope now is that uh, the police... Well, there's three of them doing They know job. where the other one is. They're and going they, after and them. And they get this done. And, and and now we put our trust and faith in the hands of, of the laws of the state and the country, and, and we see what happens next. Now, Dobbo, you have an ability to tell the future because there is an uproar happening in the southeast right now, and it's over how much flesh is being shown off on the beaches. Yep. 
there has been a massive blow up over the weekend from a fellow called Ian Grace, who is a who does wonderful work in the community of the Gold Coast. Yep. He was so much like he was the 2022 Gold Coast Volunteer of the Year. You can't deny what this man contributes to the Gold Coast community. I agree. But he has got his knickers in a twist over skimpy bikinis. Young women are demeaning and uh, cheapening themselves, and we're very aware, having looked after young kids, you know, 11 to 17 for 14 years, we want to see them develop healthy relationships without blatant, you know, sexual attraction instead of saying, hey, I don't know you, but here's all I've got. He thinks we're seeing too much ass, Dobbo. And I agree with him. Mate, I, I don't know what has happened over the course of the last three to four years, but the beaches of the Gold Coast and southeast Queensland, mate, it is almost like you could be in Brazil. Well, never let it be said that you follow others, Dobbo, because this is you almost to the day, 12 months ago, on this very show. This is Ben Dobbin, 12 months ago, on Triple M's Rush Hour. I might be prudish and people might be shocked, but the amount of young girls, teenagers and young women getting around in bloody G-string oh, swimming floss. I, I mean, seriously, it, it actually is, it's not cool. It, it's like, you know what? Seriously, your parents need to get you. What happened just a one-piece bathing suit? I, I might have been going too far in a one-piece bathing suit, but, like, I can understand in a bikini, but the G-strings on 14, 15, you know, 16-year-old girls getting around the Gold Coast. Now, I'm, I'm honest, I've got, got a 16-year-old daughter. There is no way... No way she's wearing that. I don't give. I don't care if she likes it. She wants to. It's not happening. And because you know why, I'm not objectifying her. When she's an adult, she makes decisions for herself. But the crap that's going on, and mate, Ian Grace is a hundred percent right. I don't want to go to the beach. You know what? I'm being honest here. If I'm sixty, I like I like wearing speedos. But there's no way I would get around in a pair of sluggos on the beach. I just wouldn't. I wear board shorts. You know why? Because I respect others go to the beach. Nobody wants to see, and I don't want to be this old, hateful, overweight, forty-seven-year-old. Great, mate. If you're eighteen, you make your own decision. But till then, it should be illegal for oh, any. I'm telling you now. No, I'm serious. There is no way. You don't. A, uh, there is no way any child under the age of eighteen should be allowed to wear a g-string on the beach <laughs> or in public. I'm serious about that, mate. Like, no. It, what, Liam, it didn't happen in our day. You, you, you've got to be serious. Don't, don't put me in your day. I know. So, you okay, and I are from so, different okay, days. Would you be happy if your wife wore one in public? Fine with it. You don't have a problem a at all. choice. Oh, come on, mate. Come on, seriously. Right, look, here's the thing. You and I disagree on this. Uh, so you think 14, 15, 16-year-old girls, it's perfectly fine for them to wear a, a G-string bikini to the beach? I think it's a beach. conversation for them to have with their parents. It's not for you or for Ian Grace or for anyone else to decide what anyone can wear on the beach. I think you're right. I think if a 14-year-old wants to wear something like that, that's a conversation and a matter for her to deal with her parents. Won't be happening in my family. You and I are on different sides of the fence with this. So we're going to bring back something that we launched late last year. The Triple M Rush Hour's referendum. Yes or no? Yes, on let's put it to the referendum. Better, actually, better yet, let's put it to the Triple M referendum. <laughs> One triple three five three. <laughs> Do you think the uh, bikini situation has got it out of hand? Are we Ban seeing? Em. Are we seeing too much ass on the beach? Brian from Coolangatta. Good afternoon. How are you? Hey, hey, I'm with you, Dobbo. I listened to this this morning on my commute to Brisbane um, with Flair and Alien Spider, and the same thing. But I think Ian Grace says 
he also wants them banned in the cafes and the restaurants and you know these there are people walking around but I'm going to tell you an incident in, in Coolangatta Rainbow Bay very recently where I tapped a elderly man on the shoulder because he was filming young girls mm, with their yeah. with their bums out so yeah. you know and I said hey that's my daughter there it wasn't but you know yeah. he was shocked and I said I'm watching you film them so it's it, yeah I'd say like there definitely has to be an age restriction on it but I can tell you down that coast there you know they they're as young as we saw some on the weekend I wouldn't put them past 11 or 12 Stop it. years of age and yeah it's awful um, you know being a, a mum of my girls are adults now but they wouldn't have uh, left the house in that I know mini skirts and then when they were back in there they're 25 and 30 now but they were you know conscious of how they looked and yeah. how they presented but too many bums honestly <laughs> I'm with you Bron I'm with you hey Daryl from you, Thornlands Bron. how are you mate uh, not too bad pretty good I don't mind a bit bit of anal sloth on the beach, but I suppose they've got to be a bit more adult, I think, than being young kids like 11 or 12 years old. <laughs> Taz. Taz. Taz has just brought a new product to the the dental world out there, I think. Look, but, okay, so is it just – is it purely an age thing for you, Dobbo? Because Ian Gray sounds like he wants – Oh, I don't want anybody wearing a G-string in a cafe or a bar or anything right. like that, but if you're an adult and you're on the beach and you just put a towel around yourself and you walk back to the car, whatever so raise you your boat. So you want them to have a towel around themselves no, I don't think every, I don't think people should be made to feel uncomfortable at the beach. Or in public. So when somebody's actions make somebody else feel uncomfortable, oh, careful. that's an issue. Careful. Tabitha from Waterford, how are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. What do you reckon? I'm with you, Doggo. I don't think it should be on young or older women, especially when I'm at the beach with my children. Right. And so, or and or at, at um, under uh, what is it? Wet and wild. Yeah, I agree. Mm, Wet and point. wild agree as well. You know what's going to end up happening? Thank you for the call, Tabitha, and that's a reasonable point. I get, you know, people trying to, you know, protect their kids as well, but you know what's going to happen, don't you? We're going what? to end up with G-string sections on the beach. We're going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be great. It's staggered. We're going to have the new yeah. beach section, then it's going to be G-banger section, then it's going to be fully clothed section. we got time for one more call. we got Peter in Hope Island. Pete, what do you think? Uh, mate, yeah, in- interesting uh, point you just made if they're going to start sectioning off beaches and so forth. But what are they going to do about cafes and dogs and bike riders on roads and, and you know, all these other issues? It's a, it's a pretty hot debate as well. Mm. Well, well, well. Have you got a solution for us, Pete? Um, mate, I haven't. Just leave everything alone as it is. Leave Fine. everything alone. I'm with you. Oh, Peter, I mean... Let people be offended in silence, Pete, I reckon. Exactly. Come on, Pete. There's got to be... <laughs> seriously. Uh, seriously, mate. Rock the Gold Coast. I mean, you have... Did you watch the Iron Woman race yesterday, mate, on the beach? Yeah, they're athletes. They're sports. They don't deliberately get it. They don't actually deliberately go about that. Oh, it just happens. So it's actually not about you've got a problem with unathletic people. Is that oh. what you're saying? Right, let's move on. Big story about to break. Back page of the paper tomorrow morning. I'm having conversations with the present moment. First right here on the rush hour. This is Dobbo's Mail on Triple N. Yeah, we have Ben Eichen, the CEO of the QRL, joining us. And this is off the back of an article that was written by Travis Mayne in the Courier-Mail and some information that's come about into my lap today around funding and the QRL. Now, firstly, Billy Slater had the Maroons past, present and emerging Queensland players in for a camp over the weekend. Been done year on, year out. Been a big part of it. Prior to Mal Meninga did it. Kevin Walters has done it. Very normal. Well, the ARLC refused funding. Now, over the weekend, the QRL players went to a junior sign-on day at West Panthers. They also went to Ronald McDonald House and saw um, some uh, sick children and families. Great for the stakeholders of the game. 
ARLC and the Commission refused funding for that. Ben Iken joins us this afternoon. Ben, it, it, it just beggars to believe that this is actually getting to the point where you can't get funding for these unbelievable efforts that the players are doing behind the scenes, off the fields at grassroots level. Yeah, no, the dance continues, Dobbo. Uh, the relationship between both state leagues and the ARLC is sort of linked uh, through a funding request that we make every year. So you would understand there's three big buckets in our business. So there's the two state of origin programs, the men's and the women's. Then there's the pathways to so our 15 statewide clubs and the, the six teams that they run. Again, three men's, three women's. And then Community Rugby League, you know, the 370 clubs across 34 leagues with 68,000 participants and around 20,000 volunteers that all need support from the, the QRL, either through staff or uh, programs. And so we make a request to fund those staff and those programs. And one of those, of course, as you saw in the Courier Mail today, was that the pre-series camp for Billy Slater and his Maroons, but Tani Norris will run her camp for her Maroon side on the 24th and 25th of February down in the Gold Coast. And, you know, um, as we negotiate with the RLC, the feedback comes through that uh, that is effectively seen as a waste of money by the decision makers out of Sydney. So off the back of two days in Brisbane and the amount of goodwill, you know, the Maroons were able to generate uh, here in southeast Queensland by going to a junior sign-on day and do a hospital visit, um, you can understand why probably a little frustrated. No doubt. I got a phone call from a bloke today in Western Queensland, and I don't know where you're at to say that two big competitions that have been run by the QRL, one, which is the Foley Shield, for 75 years that there's a debate whether or not the ARLC are going to fund it. Now, if everything is equal, rugby league in Queensland, it happens in the grassroots. If you look at the origin side and the Queensland, the QRL have been unbelievable in getting to the regions. They have their fan day in the regions. That's where it starts from. And the Foley Shield, you ask Gordon Tallis, you ask Billy Slatter about watching his dad, you ask Bob Catter, people like that. And then I'm hearing that there's a, a debate over whether or not they're going to fund that as well after 75 years in existence. Yeah, yeah no, you, your mail's pretty good. So uh, like the pre-series camps on the Maroon sides, the Foley Shield and another competition we run called the 47th Battalion, which between them have a collective history of 128 years. Uh, our funding request for those two competitions has been rejected on the basis it doesn't align with the NRL strategic, uh, participation growth strategy, I think is the name of the document, wow. which I'm, I'm yet to see. Um, so look, it's a, as I said before, I don't want to completely throw anyone under the bus except to say that we continue to fight the good fight to get the money that the game deserves because I can tell you this, that, you know, I might not know how to build an asset base um, or, you know, grow gambling revenue in Las Vegas, um, but I know rugby league and I know that if you stop funding participation in pathways, uh, it kills your sport over time. There's enough examples in other sports where that has happened. So the QRL's job is to fight, like the New South Wales Rugby League, to get the money that participation and pathways in our respective jurisdictions deserve. Ben, I reckon fans of the game have had enough of uh, negotiation and talks of mediation f uh, to last a lifetime after what the uh, NRL went through with the Players Association last year and that whole mess. Yeah. Where does this go? Because you, you say it's a dance, but, do, I mean, where, where, where's the finish line for this? If it can't get sorted, does this end up in court? You're a pretty clever guy, Liam. <laughs> so it could end up in court. If you guys don't get a result, that's where it's heading. 
Well, here's the thing is that the game needs to be funded and under the constitution and the new members agreement is that it's the QRL and the New South Wales Rugby League's right to be adequately funded to run those parts of the game, state of origin, pathways and participation that I've just explained to you. Um, so if we're not getting enough and we feel like the game is being damaged because of it, then the fight will escalate. And um, where that lands us, um, nobody knows. But we, uh, hopefully, if we can continue the negotiation, and it's happening at the moment, albeit three and four months into our financial year, this thing is meant to be resolved uh, by September 30 last year, um, that we can come up with an amicable resolution where grassroots rugby league in uh, Queensland, which we know is the most popular sport in this state, Gets, gets what it deserves. Right, I reckon we lock Ben Eichen in uh, premium economy with Peter Volandis on a flight to Vegas and we'll get this thing sorted out. Ben Eichen, the CEO of the QR, we really appreciate you, you coming on. You don't want to get Bob on. Catter involved. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it doesn't need to get we to that We appreciate point. you coming on and shedding Thank some light you, on this. After 5 o'clock, straight after 5 o'clock, we will be, I'm pretty sure, breaking every rule in the Triple M handbook when we play Taylor Swift. As Dobbo sings along. Okay, just a side note. Uh, she won Album of the Year today at the Grammys. Fourth time um, Taylor Swift has ever won that. Um, and congratulations, Tay-Tay. Um, Who whoever. are you? Well, I wouldn't have known this. And I've got to be honest, I did go and see Taylor Swift at a concert, but I took a an 11-year-old daughter and three of her friends many years ago at the Gabba, whenever that was. And right. I didn't know one song. Um, I really don't know any of her songs other than Love Story. Um, and, yeah, Karma is the guy in the Chiefs. <laughs> the reason I am so into Taylor Swift is because she's dating a guy called Travis Kelsey. Now, as you know, I'm a tragic Cleveland Browns fan. You're like, tragic. Yep. He is born and bred. Him and his brother are born and bred in Cleveland. They are Cleveland diehards. Although they play, he plays for the Chiefs and Jason Kelsey plays for the Eagles, they are... Cleveland through and through. So that, Travis that, Kelsey is a tight end in the NFL, NFL. and he's he yep. is in the Super Bowl, which is happening a week from today. Yeah. So he is dating Taylor Swift. They are the it couple. They are the most powerful couple, sporting music couple mm. in the world. And I am so invested in their relationship. <laughs> I absolutely love, absolutely love their relationship. I, I get invested to the point that I'm talking to my wife about it the other day, just saying how good they are. I've joined Facebook pages. You I'm have following, not. I have. Mate, there's a, I'm sure there's a proposal coming on. She was on the field last week. She goes and supports him in his games. I am all in. And it's my two greatest loves. People go, how, Cleveland, that's the Kelsey's. They're mm. Cleveland. Taylor Swift's country music. You can say what she wants now, but she started as a country music star. So country music and the Cleveland Browns. It's a match made in heaven. Oh, you just what? you love love. I respect I love that, Dobber. You love love. I and look, I'll put my hand up right now. You know how Spotify um, does that thing at the end of the year, and it does. I think it's Spotify Wrapped, and it shows yeah. you the songs you've listened to yeah. most. Yeah. At the end of 2023, the number one song on my Spotify Wrapped was Taylor Swift. Yeah. Okay. I was, so I was in, in, the, on this I was in well. the top four percent. Now yeah. that has larger. It do is with my... one of the relationships that will go down. They're, they're going to get married. I'm telling you now. Odds mm. on. 
They'll have family, like happily, blissfully happy. All right. Here's the, here's, the, here's the test of whether you're truly invested in this relationship. If they were to have a child and, they were to, and it was a son and they were to name it Forbes or Banks, <laughs> how would you feel? I'd be filthy. <laughs> Over the weekend, I was up in Toowoomba for the Red Bull, Red Bull Ampole Racing um, live launch. It was the livery launch. It's when they brought out Will Brown and Brock Feeney um, to introduce them with their new car. It was quite unbelievable. Looks awesome. Yeah, 8,000 people were at World Camp Airport. Uh, I was lucky enough to be the MC. It was a great day, um, introductions. But there was an incident that occurred, which I don't think I've ever been more embarrassed about, that occurred with me during during the event. So this you didn't get someone's name wrong, did you? No. I made a fool of myself. You would have laughed. <laughs> there was big barricades obviously um, at the event to hold the 8,000 strong crowd so they didn't come onto the track when Will Brown and Brock Feeney were doing donuts. Um, I saw and, footage of this. Yeah, yeah, they were cutting burnouts, burnouts and, and everything like smoke, that. It was yeah, yeah it was you know, awesome, very V8ish. Um, as I've jumped over the barricades as they've introduced me to go into the proceedings, I have literally got my foot stuck in the barricade and fallen onto the tarmac, tarmac and absolutely hurt my hip, my shoulder and made the biggest fool. Like you want to talk about somebody falling over in public in front of a big crowd. So this is out the back of the stands. This is out, out, they didn't have stands. They had everybody standing from the airport looking out at the vehicles. But, but you're behind I've the come, stage, so I've no become, one can see you no, and no, you've no. tried to jump the I've barricade. I've come through the crowd oh, no. over the barricade to go up <laughs> the steps and I've fallen over and really hurt my you've hip done, and hurt my shoulders. You've, you've done it in full view of 8,000 V8 People. fans. Yes. Who are the, not who the laughed. most sympathetic. A lot laughed. <laughs> now, there was a couple of incidents that happened out of that. They asked me if I was all right. Mitch, who's a great bloke, asked me if I was all right. Of course I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. But, mate, my hip... I got you to feel my hip today. What are you doing trying to jump a barricade? Well, you are not that athletic. You know what? Craig Lowndes said to me, mate, we're getting older. Yeah. And he was right. He was right. Lowndes, he said to me, we're getting older, mate. And I am right. I'm 47 and it's not a young man's sport anymore. I should have just put my bum on it, slid my legs over, jumped over the other side. Little. But I saw Mitch, who's 30, he just scaled it tall, bounce up, you know. Very fit. I'm yeah. thinking, I can do that. No. Uh, I've landed on my shoulder, my hip. Mate, as you see, I've got a hobble. I've got this bloody lump on my hip now that I don't know what it, what's going to happen there. And pretty much I made the biggest fool of myself, Goose. Never show you hurting. Walked up the steps, asked all the questions. You know, uh, you know, you never show you hurting. Your ambition, you just go on. ambition got ahead of your ability there. But 13353, can, can humour me on this, South East Queensland, when – has somebody seen you fall over and make a fool of yourself? Because we've all done it. We've all done it. This was – I was more embarrassed than anything because I look like a complete unco and I look like, <laughs> oh, this guy, I you know, like – I haven't heard the phrase unco well, in a very long uncoordinated. time. <laughs> you know, very uncoordinated. One, triple, three, five, three, please. It, this is a confessional. Share your experience. When have you fallen over and people have seen it and made a fool of yourself? I, I – 8,000 people saw you do yeah. this? Because – I'd love to know if somebody's fallen over in front of more than 8,000 people. I reckon that'd be tough to beat. When have you fallen over and made a fool in front of somebody? John Oat from Cannon Hill, hello. How are we going, lad? Going, going well, well, John Oat. Going well, mate. What's going on? 
Okay, so I was um, helping a mate move a uh, spa pool from um, uh, a property that he bought it from. So there's about nine of us, four on each side, one supervising, and the uh, house owner's up watching us and videoing us so we didn't do any damage, obviously. So I've gone to jump the fence, much like you. My foot's caught the top. I've gone straight over, fair on my head. (laughs) Flower everywhere. Every everyone got a great laugh except me, obviously. But, yeah. That's the problem. <laughs> it was funny afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> How embarrassed were you, mate? Oh, mate. Yeah. Hey, red was a colour. Yeah. Jo- Jono, did you did you get the video though? Did the homeowner were they at least good enough to share the video with you? <laughs> no, no. I've been terrified. I'm going to see it on Facebook somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you will. Don't worry about it. Good on you, Jono. Thank you, Jono. Hey, Debbie from Mount Me. Good afternoon. How are you? Oh, good, thank you. Yeah. What? Well, tell us your story. Uh, I was at Morton Island, we were feeding the dolphins, and yeah. I had hired a pair of galoshes, and um, I fell over, I have a sore foot, fell over in front of a jetty full of about 200 people. They're all up there on your left. Yeah, I yep. yeah, got dragged up, dragged out of the water, and I looked back, and all these people are laughing their heads off me at me. Never been so embarrassed oh, in my life. I get it. I Debbie, get it. Debbie, not only have you fallen over in shallow water, you've had to be rescued. That's it, exactly. You, you know actually what? Dragged out, actually dragged out. I actually know. <laughs> I know what it's like. I can I can picture it. The crowd's all up there. They're all up on that left hand side of that jetty, looking down, exactly. and you know, and it's it made the pressure. I get it. Even the dolphins were having a giggle. <laughs> yeah, they were. They reckon I was on Chinese YouTube. Oh, thank you for that call, Debbie. Sonia, Upper Mount Cravat. Good afternoon. Tell us your story. Hi, team. Not quite as big an audience as you, Dobbo, but I feel your pain. I really do. We were um, camping straight day weekend and yep. um, there was a volleyball court in the park. Um, I preempt this by saying I have no athletic ability whatsoever. Same. But I, um, you know, I went for the ball and and um, ran off the sand and then the embankment, the grassy embankment, I just lost my footing and, and yeah, eventually ended up on the tarmac with a lot of... Um, Dirt and gravel in my knees. Oh, volleyball. Did they like? Still wearing the scars? Yeah, everyone up there. There's a, you know, you know, all the fellow campers. They all think and, it's uh, funny. Small children. Yeah, yeah, they thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Not yeah. you, Sonia. Yeah. Sonia, I feel your pain because there is nothing more unsympathetic than a mob of onlookers in any environment. Yeah, uh, and especially if they're family. Uh, Adam <laughs> from Brookfield. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Yeah, good fellas. How are you? Really yeah. well, mate. What's your story, my friend? Well, this is my brother. We're in um, one of Carter's biggest nightclubs and uh, Tom Jones is what's new pussycat comes on. And <laughs> Carter's the only place in the world you'll hear Tom Jones in a nightclub. Yeah. He's so playing at Blues Fest to... this year, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll take it back then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, my brother decides to jump up on the stage and uh, get into it and he thinks he's uh, God's gift to dancing and he takes one wrong foot, uh, one wrong step. And half of him goes over, he collects the family jewels on the uh, edge of the stage on the way down and is lying starfish prone on the ground uh, (laughs) while 2,500 people are staring at him absolutely (laughs) laughing their heads off. I reckon they would be. That's a big crowd. That is a big crowd. He's lying on the funniest thing I've ever seen. He's lying on the flat of his back and it's just. What's new, Pussycat? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. This is Triple M's Rush Hour with Lisa Jones, Liam and Dobbo.